That was Onward to Chaos by Frontline Attack. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We're out here with Frontline Attack in Los Angeles. I'm Jack, and we're here with uh, cactuses and swings and helicopters at this lovely uh, sunny evening. So what is your name, and what do you do in the band? Uh, I'm Sean Attack. I'm the lead vocalist and guitar player and songwriter for the band. And you're one of the only original members in the band? Uh, I'm actually, uh, so everybody knows everybody is uh, currently still alive that's ever been in Frontline Attack. We had a lot of band members over the years, but uh, yeah, I'm the only original member. I have the blessing of all our former members, but uh, I'm the only original member. And then we've got uh, Mark uh, on bass, and we've got uh, Benny on guitar, and uh, Dan on drums right now. And those are all new band members. When did they join the band? Uh, they joined the band about uh, two. Well, they joined the band about two years ago when we reform. When I decided to reform it and uh, start, start playing shows. We actually reformed the band uh, most mostly just to um, release some new material that I'd written in the past and it was easier to release it under the you know the original band name because it was Frontline Attack kind of stuff. And uh, so I was originally just gonna try to release some stuff and maybe do like a festival date or something like that. And then more we started playing, we started writing new material. So we decided to just say, fuck it and we're just gonna keep going and reform Frontline Attack and we had the blessing of the other former members so we just got back together and now we're a working band again and we're writing new songs and, and everything like that and touring and all that good stuff. So when did Frontline Attack originally start? Frontline Attack formed, um, we were originally a band called uh, Gromit, <laughs> it's a weird name but a British cartoon character or whatever and uh, I had a bass player and he wouldn't play with me in the band if I didn't use his name so I was a, so we we started a band like in in my garage you know and uh, anyway fast forward a year and uh, we thought that name was dumb so I was uh, I was listening to the business sitting in my room like doing something and I was like on the front line I was like front line you know and I always like the word attack you know bands with attack in their name and I was like front line front line attack I was like Fucking A, so they're, they're, we got a band name, so we changed it to Frontline Attack, and then uh, we played local shows probably from about 1996 to about 1997 or 98, and Dallas was a pretty rough scene back then, there was a lot of skinheads, a lot of the, the good kind, and a whole lot of the bad kind, and you had a real, uh, like, explosive concoction at every punk show and since all those genres of people were real star for music all Pennywise and all this gay shit like no effects and pop punk crap and guys with baggy pants and shit that was what they called the punk scene and like studded leather jacket mohawk punks like 
you know, and crusties and like real punks and, and skinheads and stuff didn't have any music coming through town. So we became real popular real quick because we played a lot of covers and, and stuff of oi and street punk and stuff that only people in a real small group of people even were into. And, but the problem is, is you had a lot of conflict in the scene and stuff. So there was like all this violence at shows. Like we play a show and fucking we get three songs into the set and somebody's bashing somebody's head in with a fucking chair and and fucking are kicking somebody half to death in the corner and the shows would always get get fucked up. So none of the clubs in Dallas would book us anymore. They're like, hey, you're a cool band. What you're doing's cool, but like, we, we, you know, we got fucking, we don't have that much fucking insurance. So shit was always getting fucked up at shows and. And uh, we kind of started to splinter off and do other things. We always started getting serious about it in like 2002. And uh, right around then, I kind of I got a couple of new band members. Other people had peeled off and been replaced and shit over time. And uh, that's when we got serious. You know, it was probably about 2002, and that's when we put out the Burned Alive EP. You're from Texas, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Frontline Tech started in a garage in Rockwall, Texas, about 23 miles east of Dallas when I was uh, about 17 and a half, 18 years old. It's good to know that the scene has simmered down a little bit now. Now instead of violence and whatever, they just take a dump at venues and shutting them down that way. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that a lot in Southern California. This is like the, the biggest market for this music. I hate to use the word market because it makes it sound like a business, but it's like the biggest biggest scene, but I can't call it a scene because it's like a whole bunch of scenes. There's so many fucking people here. Well, we'll just say scene for the sake of conversation, is a bit, and, and it not sound like it's a business, but, uh, you know, like, this is the biggest scene in the United States of Southern California, uh, namely L.A., and right now the hub of that is probably East L.A., you know, but, um, fuck, man, I've been drinking, dude, I'm, I'm getting off here, what, what was the question again, and I'll pick back up. I don't remember. But <laughs> have you been drinking too? No, not yet. That's the problem. Okay. Oh shit. Maybe that is a problem. My problem earlier was nicotine. Like you were asking me about okay, so we're from Dallas, we covered that, right? And then uh we picked back up at uh like We talked about scene getting shut down. Well oh, the, the scene, scene getting No shut not down. not the scene getting shut down, but uh shows in the past getting shut down because of violence and now they're getting shut down because of people taking a dump in front of the venues. Yeah, yeah, people taking a dump in front of the venues. So that's a lot of things like I'm at a backyard show right now and these kids really respect stuff, you know, and they're being cool and everything because this is like this is all that's left. Because I know, like, years ago, man, like, every venue, one after another, was banning street punk bands, like, in Southern California, which is the, the biggest, like, scene there is. And it sucks because you come through town, man, and you can't play a lot of these venues that would be good and could hold the size crowds that come to these shows. You can't play them because, you know, kids thinking that's a punk rock show, I'm supposed to act like a jackass. And they do stuff like take a shit in the parking lot or, or fuck up a car out there and stuff like that. I guess because... Maybe the scene's so big, people took shit for granted, but they're not taking shit for granted anymore. Like these backyard shows, everybody's like real respectful. We played a show in Las Vegas where kids had come over the years had kind of burned their bridges and, and made it where venues didn't want to do all ages and shit. We played at like a center block building in a vacant lot in a bad neighborhood. And, and there was like 200 fucking kids there. And I saw a garbage can get knocked over. Instead of running over and like kicking the other one over like we would have when I was a kid, they went over there, man, and they picked all the trash up and shit because they respect their venue. And I think that's what it takes. When when there's a, a ton of venues and, and, and the scene's real big, pe people become indifferent and, and uh, it becomes impersonal and they don't care because they think, oh, big deal, there's some big venue, they're making a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. They don't, they don't give a shit and they'll fuck some shit up. Well, that venue will just say, well, fuck you, we'll book emo bands now instead or, or hardcore or whatever instead of street punk. Like, literally, like... In, 
there's almost every major venue in LA and San Diego and everywhere like they're punk yeah it's cool is it like pop punk or is it this you know you call them on the phone you tell them like what you are and what kind of band you are they're like fuck no the mohawks and stuff leather jacket shit and the skinheads and stuff we don't want that at our venue and they won't fucking uh they won't they won't book bands like us and that's because you know people got to respect their scene even when your scene's real big you got to think like hey man before you smash that mirror in a fucking bathroom or do something fucked up to the venue you know, like, hey, man, I might be that one final straw that gets this place closed down and then no one has a place to go to shows, you know. That's, like, what people ought to kind of think about, you know, because we got to depend on all these people, the people that, that can afford to go rent some big building and put on this shit to have a place for us to play. It's like when people fuck that up, then people ain't going to do that anymore. And the backyard's fine with me. I'm happy here. I wish there was just big backyards all over the United States, and that's all we play, but it's not. Sometimes you got to play in venues, and if we piss them all off, they're not going to let us have our shows anymore. It's nice that uh, the venue, well, not the venue, but the flyer for the show said no bottles and all this stuff, but people still brought bottles, and they're all nice and orderly and not being crazy, so that's all good. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not busting them over people's heads or smashing them where people are going to run over them. You know, they're throwing them on the ground or in a trash can or something. Yeah, exactly. The rules when people know how to act, you know what I mean? Like, when, when people start acting stupid, people start having to make dumb rules and it sucks for everybody all around, you know what I mean? So let's talk a little bit more about uh, Frontline Attack. Actually, let's take a listen to another song by you guys. Let's take a listen to the song called Federal Tyranny. So what is that song all about? That song was like, uh, when I was in uh, in high school, the, uh, there was a standoff in Waco, Texas with this religious group called the Branch Davidians, and, you know, say whatever you want, they had like weird marriage situations and shit like that. I mean, they were kind of weird, but they'd been in uh, Mount Carmel, Texas for like, I don't know, since the 1950s, and they never caused any trouble. Like, even the sheriff's department used to borrow their shooting range because they didn't have the tax revenue to have their own. You know, I mean, these people obviously weren't a threat to their community. They weren't a threat to anybody else. They used to let other churches bring their youth groups over and use their go-kart track, I mean, at their compound. I mean, they, the whole community was cool with these people. And they, they knew they were weird and they did some strange stuff, but they didn't have a problem with them, right? Well, the federal government was trying to, uh, trying to justify um, the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau. And Janet Reno was uh, real, real instrumental behind that. And because they were trying to, they were trying to get Congress to vote to keep them in, because they were gonna, they were gonna cut them out of the budget and get rid of that law enforcement agency. So they had to make a big show and make the American people afraid of each other, so that they could prove that there was a reason to have an ATF. So they started investigating uh, David Koresh, and long story short, you know, they went down there with no warrants, no nothing, and came after him questioning because he had been bump firing with an AK-47, or I think he might have had one of those Hellfire triggers or illegal. They said some guy from the sheriff's department said he was firing a fully automatic weapons out there. It was all trumped up. Dude went jogging every day, went and bought cigarettes at the store, you know, six-pack every Friday night, you know, or whatever. He's like, there's all these places they could have got. So they wanted to question him. So they, they roll up there fucking un, uh, like unmarked. Nobody knew who they were. Guns drawn, shit. These people are people that believe the Bible says that, like, the world's going to end and the government's going to come get them, you know, and they know that that's what they believe in. Obviously, they're going to freak out when the government rolls up on their church and their compound and starts shooting at them. You know, so that's exactly what they did. So they instigated a situation so they could create a standoff so that they could go in and fucking make an example out of people that A, want to practice freedom of religion and B, want to live on their own outside of the system and, and C, 
make a make a good reason why we need the ATF and make these people make the American people afraid of them like there's some kind of threat to us. They're not the Branch Davidians aren't going to come to your house and kick your ass. You know what I mean? They're they're on their own land, minding their own business. So what I saw on television was I watched live. You know, when I was a kid, I was like 15, 16 years old, and uh, I, I watched live on TV. Man, the, the our own government attack American citizens and they set that building on fire and they burned all those men, women and children alive. And you know, punk rock to me has always been about against uh, central governments and 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 it's always been about uh, anarchy and, and chaos and, and as far as chaos goes, I don't know so much about that. That's more of the spirit of drinking beer and having a good time, but the anarchy part is really serious. You know, people ought to have the, the freedom to choose their own destiny if they're not hurting anybody else. And central governments, this is what they do. You know, they fucking, they kill people on our own soil. Our constitution is supposed to guarantee us all these rights and everything. And all we do is vote for people that are going to trample the constitution. And that's what I saw happening. And I saw Americans getting, being killed by our own, by our own government. And what was really disturbing, they had just, and I'm pretty old, so this is a long time ago, they had just put television monitors in all the, all the classrooms in my high school. And I was really concerned about what was going on. And I look, I'm walking down the hall because I'd been skipping class. I was outside smoking, so I'm coming back down the hall and I'm trying to not get anybody's attention. Everybody's glued to TV screens. And the standoff had been going on for a couple of days. And I see the, the, the Branch Davidians compounds on fire and all these kids are yelling yeah get those sickos yeah like the like the atf or these big heroes like the government just saved us from this bad enemy or terrorists or something and it's like dude they're they set a church on fire full of children man they're fucking murdering people and they've tricked you into fucking cheering them on so the song tyranny is about uh you know the chorus is uh, the atf the fbi don't you know god sees your lies we're not a christian band or a religious band the reason i said God sees your lies as those are the banners that you didn't see on TV but came out in pictures later. The Branch Davidians were hanging banners out the windows trying to surrender and they wouldn't let them surrender and they knew that they were going to kill them all to sew up loose ends and that's why it said, you know, ATF, FBI, God sees your lies. Like the, the world and the media doesn't see your lies but if there's a higher power, he knows what you're doing to us and that's what matters. So that's, uh, people have asked us, are you religious because you say that in that song? I'm like, no, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of that was a banner they hung out the window and the fucking government was barbecuing these fucking people. So that's what that song's about. You know, they're going to break down your door, kill your kids and your wife. Their hate is strong. It never ends. But but we'll stand together, you know, and, 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 and fight until the tyranny ends. That's what that means. Like, that's what we got to do. And I think a lot of kids are waking up, man. I think maybe we could maybe move the punk scene or the punk scene could motivate you know this country to revolution because that is definitely the only fucking solution is is full-on armed revolution and i really believe that i know it sounds like kind of immature or whatever or i'm being silly but i'm not i think the only way that we're going to fix things in this country and restore the republic is to tear down the government completely if it comes to blows it comes to blows and we need to reform this country and reform this republic and reestablish people's freedom and 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 the voice of the people again so that's that's what's you know that's probably really long explanation of that song and you know but that's that's what tyranny's about. So yeah. we'll take a listen to that one and then I'll remember uh, what I was going to talk to you about and we can talk about how you got affiliated with Blitz after that and right yeah so here's Federal Tyranny by Frontline Attack right here in Los Angeles with the band well with Sean from Frontline Attack.
Punks for Life by Frontline Attack right here with Sean from Frontline Attack. So is that one of the newer songs or the uh, older ones? That's a brand new song. It's actually, uh, I know you wanted to release songs on this little list, but uh, um, Punks Punks for Life is uh, is a new song we just recorded for a split with the Chaotix from Denver. And they're out here playing tonight too. So did you travel together or are you on tour or what's yeah, going yeah. on? We're, we're on, we're on tour. Uh, we brought the Chaotix with us. They're really cool guys. Um, uh, from Denver, they're good friends of ours. You know, we've met uh, through correspondence, and uh, we just decided, you know, hey, um, you know, me and the drummer Null, you know, we was like, hey, let's do a tour because we were wanting to do a tour, and they were, and I was like, well, we're gonna do a split seven inch together, so let's let's go on the road. And so far, so good. You know, it's been a really good tour so far. 
That's good. So before we listen to those songs, we were talking about how you got affiliated with Blitz. So you were singing for Blitz for a little while. Is that what I hear? Uh, well, what, what the deal was is uh, Nigel Miller had had a lineup on the East Coast. He, for various reasons, uh, didn't work out. And well, I had initially been talking to him. This was, I guess, around 2004. I'd been talking to him about the possibility of uh, of, of booking a tour with uh, Blitz and, uh, and Frontline Attack opening for them on tour. And I told him, you know, I'll bring you to the States, man. I'll make sure it's all put together right. I'll get a good booking agent, and it'll be great. Because Blitz is, like, by, hands down my favorite band ever, my biggest influence. Like, they're my, I, I demagnetized cassette tapes of them when I was a kid because I played them so much, you know, like 10, 11 years old. Well, anyways, long story short, and I know all my stories are long, but I'll make this one shorter. I, I got to, got in touch with Nigel Miller, and I was talking to him about that. Well, that didn't work out. Well, at the time, Frontline Attack, that lineup had split up, and I had some free time. And, and he said, well, you know, I don't have a lineup. We can't do a tour. I said, well, that works out great because Frontline Tech just split up and I'm free right now. So so I'll sing for you, you know, because he told me in the past, he's like, man, I w he'd offered, you know, that job before and I turned it down because Frontline Tech was doing real good and we were busy with my own band. And um, so it was like perfect storm. You know, like, okay, cool. Let's get a lineup together. We got a lineup together in Dallas, Texas with some friends of mine. And Nige is the only original member of the band, but he did write all the songs and stuff. And hey, you know, if you're a fan of Blitz, you take whatever you can get. We're lucky to ever even got to see something we can even call Blitz, you know, as splintered as that band is and as difficult it would have been for them to get back together. But anyway, so we did the tour and it went really good. I sang with them for a year uh, uh, because I wanted to reform Frontline Attack. And in other reasons, I decided that uh, it wasn't the best thing for me. I was going to quit. So Steve got a good friend of ours. Um, uh, I mean, Nige got a good friend of ours, Steve, from Red Alert, to take my place. And we kept the original other two guys from Dallas, my friends Matt and Oscar. And uh, they went on tour. Unfortunately, in Austin, Texas, uh, Nige was trying to cut across a highway um, late at night, uh, I-35, to get cigarettes. And he... He was real bad about looking the wrong way because he wasn't used to the way the cars run here. And several times on tour in Vegas, I grabbed him by his collar and he almost got run over by a cab. He looked the wrong way, hopped a barricade right in front of a Ford Ranger going like 80 miles an hour. I think I think it was a Ford Ranger. I wasn't there. That, this is a story I heard. But it, he got he got hit and he was killed and he died. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, Blitz died with nine. People were like, well, could you get this back together? I'm like, well, no, I was a fill-in singer, you know. And there's some other members that are around, and they kind of feel the same way, you know. Let's let let's let uh, let's bury the band with Nige. You know, it's his band. He wrote a lot of the songs, or all the songs, and or whatever. But um, that was that was my stint with Blitz. You know, it was one tour, it was a West Coast tour, it was sold out every city. It was a, it was like uh, that movie, the Rock. Uh, what's that with that 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 fucking new kids on the clock block dork. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like a dumb Hollywood movie, like the rock star movie or whatever, like that Danny Wahlberg fuck or whatever, whatever his name is. Yeah, like he's in, he gets to sing for that band Dragon or whatever. I mean, for a punk rocker, I mean, that that was that. And I was like, wow, really? You know, like my band used to do Blitz covers. We got to sing for, I got to sing for what we, what you could call, I guess, Blitz. You know, I was like, that was pretty badass. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing that, you know. It was cool to be a part of that. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate that, uh, Nidge passed away that way, but I talked to him right the day before at the Showcase Theater in Corona, amazingly, before that happened, so that sucked. Was, was that on the tour when I was singing? Was that 2005? or That was when Steve was singing from Red Alert. Oh, okay. All right. So it wasn't when they were a Total Chaos in, uh, in the Struggle, right? Yep. Well, let's see. Yeah, yeah, that was probably, and then they played Austin, Texas. The next date was Houston, 
and uh, and then yeah, it happened the night before Houston, which would have been the last date of the tour. Uh, me and Matt and Oscar, we've all got Memorial Blitz tattoos, you know. Like, yeah, Nigel was a cool guy, man. It's really awesome for him to provide us with the opportunity to play with him, you know. So back to frontline attack again. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so you released an album off of Charged Records. What was that called? Uh, Mindless Violence. So how did you get affiliated with them? Did Charge find you, or did you find Charge, and how that uh, happened? We kind of found each other. Me and Jake were friends for, for many years. Um, I was a concert promoter in Dallas, and the casualties came through all the time. I always took real good care of his band. When when he, when he I started getting serious with Frontline Attack, and we started uh, touring and stuff like that, it kind of caught Jake's attention, and he's like, well, give me a give me a press kit. You know, back then we used to do that. We didn't email stuff. We, we got a big manila envelope with band pictures and a CD and shit like that. So I gave him one, they were in town with Dropkick Murphys, and I hadn't heard from him. Uh, and, and we're already on another independent tour. We're like, fuck it, we're not, we're not going to wait around for a label. We keep doing what we're doing, put out our own shit. And, and uh, I was almost, I was like just talking shit. I was like, yeah, you know, all these guys and these labels and stuff, they tell you this and that, and you never hear from them. And right then, my bass player's phone started ringing, and he's like, 918, what area code is that? And I'm like, oh shit, that's New Jersey. And I grabbed the phone and he's like, hey, this is Jake. Hey man, I want to put out a record for your band, dude. You know, I was like, oh, oh wow, okay. Well, uh, you know, forget everything I just said. This is Jake on the phone. He wants to put out our record. So that was kind of cool. We were on a West Coast tour. We were like in New Mexico to Del Taco at like midnight, you know, at this other band we were touring with. And so, yeah, man, he put he did real good by us. He put out our record, and unfortunately, it was at a time when kind of the music industry just like died, like all in a year. Everybody just all of a sudden quit buying CDs, you know. But we did a cool tour with the Casualties, you know. That he took us on tour with his band, and we played uh, the Punchy Night tour with the Casualties and uh, Monster Squad. Monster Squad wasn't on our part; they they did the East Coast, we did the West, but. Um, it was uh, it was you know lower class brats and the casualties and antidote from Holland, Barton, all those guys and it's fucking awesome. You know we did a, that tour and to support the album and everything. And so Charge was real good to us. You know like, the ads and magazines. Jake did everything he could for the bands on the label. And unfortunately, it's kind of at a time when the uh, selling records wasn't a thing anymore and CDs. You know were were uh, getting replaced by downloads. You know. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he released a lot of really good bands that people haven't heard of, like The Abuse and Monster Squad and The Virus and yeah, lots yeah. of Blood Wolf, lots of good yeah. bands. Yeah, they, they, he put out so much good stuff, you know, it's like, um, you know, it, you got a guy that's busy with his band, you know, at the same time. I, I think if, if Charged had had, uh, you know, he'd been able to have more time for the label, you know, because everything Jake does is, is good shit, you know, his label, his music, his band, is. Who he is as a person, he's so, uh, real supportive of the scene and everything, he always has been. And uh, But, but you know, I mean, I mean, if the label had had maybe a little better distribution and stuff like that, and he'd have more time to put into it, I, I think it would have been more like punk horror, you know, the labels that were a little bigger. But all those bands, Monster Squad, you know, all of them, man, fucking Blood Wolf, uh, Chaotic Alliance, you know. All those bands were great bands, 86, you know, I, I can't name them all off because I can't remember them all. Plus, we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because I talk too long. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's good to talk about things after having to not talk about those things for so long. Exactly. And you can, you can always edit this, too, my long stories. <laughs> but they're more fun if you listen to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. So have you released anything else other than that Mindless Violence album? Well, our first release was the Burned Alive EP that we released independently, and it... 
It sold, like, I think, like 3,000 copies or something like that. And that was mostly like hand-to-hand selling at shows and out of zines and stuff. And then we, we did uh, Mindless, we did Mindless Violence on Charge. And I think it got repressed once or twice. I can't remember. And then we nothing. And then recently uh, we just re-released a new EP. Or re, eh, re-released Mindless Violence on cassette. And we got a new EP out on cassette tapes. And it will be pressed on vinyl. And it's called Charge for Battle. And it's like five new songs. Any particular reason why on cassette? Uh, cassettes, well, the problem is is there's kind of a bottleneck in the production end of uh, making vinyl right now. So if you want to put out a record, I mean, we got a label. We're on Jailhouse, but it's it, everything's fucked up right now because uh, so many vinyls coming back, which is a good thing. But the problem is is there's not a lot of pressing plants. So it takes like eight months to press a record. And everybody's saying, like, oh, people are into cassettes again. And I don't want to do CDs because CDs to me are just... I don't like CDs, they're lame. So I was like, cassette tapes would be cool. Fuck it, we'll do cassettes. I went and got a cassette deck and I hand recorded them all myself. I agree, I also do the same thing. So people don't know that vinyl is analog and cassettes are also analog. But then when I give them a cassette, they're like, what is this thing? Because this new generation has never seen cassettes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell kids at the merch table, they're like, what are these? I'll be like, it's a cassette tape. They'll be like, how much are they? They're six bucks. And they're like, and the cool thing is you can go to Goodwill and get the machine to play this on for four bucks. So your stereo for the first time ever will actually cost less money than the tape you're playing on it. (laughs) We've got Nacho here from Corrupted Youth. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. How old are you today? I'm turning 27 today. Sorry. So, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean you're oh, sorry, shit, dude? Shit, I'm fucking 38, man. He's just, yeah, spring chicken here, man. Ah, oh, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, you're getting worry, older. Oh uh, yeah, of course, Jack Low. What the fuck? That's that's the main purpose. We get older. Oh, so when you're 50 and it's a uh, still a happy birthday, is that how it works? Uh, I didn't even know when I'm gonna be here when I'm 50, dog. But I'm gonna try my best. Oh shit! Hey, look, Nacho's got beer. Can oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah, bro. Oh, they brought oh, beer for us. You, oh, you were? Well, yeah, thank not you. all of them, but I have not all of them. It's your birthday, not my birthday. <laughs> so here, bro. For oh, you. Well, thank you. Fuck That's a. a good birthday present you made sure for uh, to get one, right? the non-birthday boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Hey, what a great so, guy! It's his birthday, and he, he gives other people beer. Fucking a. Does he have questions to ask Frontline Attack also? Nah, dude, I'm just really happy they came down and fucking, they're here, dude, to fucking perform with the Chaotix. It's all badass. And so Revolt, you, everybody else. So do you have a cassette player? Yeah, somewhere deep in my garage, somewhere in there in boxes. Oh, so you still know about cassettes. We were just yeah. talking about how they just released a cassette. Oh, yeah, of, they did. What it's album played. was it called? It's an EP. It's five songs. It's uh, the, the uh, Charge for Battle EP. Or I like cassettes more because when you take the cassette out, you can put it back and it'll play at the same exact spot where you left it instead of vinyl where you gotta reposition the thing yeah. and figure it out when, when you stop well, playing. Ca- but yeah. Cassettes sound actually sound better because they're tape, but after you play them like 10 or 15 times, then they then they sound like shit like a CD because they demagnetize. That's a, that's a flaw with tape. With records, you know, it's right in a groove, and as long as you always got a good needle, a record will last forever. Tapes won't. That's kind of, I guess maybe that's why they went out. I don't know. They're yeah. loud as fuck. I forgot how loud they were. I hadn't listened to one in years till I started dubbing the ones that were selling, you know. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about tapes. And people don't realize that when you record an analog, you record onto a tape and not a vinyl. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Analog studios, I think, are making a comeback because, uh, like, people are wanting, they're learning. It's kind, of, it's kind of tricky to take digital recordings and put them on analog format. If you go analog to analog, it's a lot better and easier. And it's the same thing where exactly. 
it's a direct impression. It's like it's like making a stamp instead of signing your name. You know, it's like an imprint. You know. Yeah, we can. I can go on forever about digital and yeah, analog and all too. that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. we ended up turning the, this into a whole like in, interview about like audio equipment and shit. You know? But it's about Frontline Attack because we're out here with Frontline Attack. So where can people find more information about the band? You can go to our uh, website, which is fucking Facebook. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, search uh, Frontline Attack on Facebook. Not the Polish hardcore band that stole our name, like in. Uh, five years ago but like the real frontline attack and you can tell by the picture on there which is which so yeah go there and check that out very cool so any future plans for frontline attack uh yeah yeah we got a tour coming up but it's a band that's on fuck you we rule that hadn't been announced and um so i can just say that we're going to be on tour with them in july on the west coast uh and assault and battery is going to be with us uh um, but uh, I can't I can't disclose the name of the headlining band because you know I, I got to keep it a secret because they haven't been announced yet. So that's maybe, by, maybe by the time we air this interview, maybe it will be announced and then we'll, the whole world will know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Literally, tens of people will show up in every city to see all of us. But no, I'm kidding. No, this it's a big band. It, there'll be hundreds of people in every city. But yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time this airs, I'm sure the cat will be out of the bag. So very cool. So that was Frontline Attack. You've been listening to the punk rock demonstration. We're out here. We've been out here with Sean from Frontline Attack. So we talked about the Mindless, Mindless Violence album. So we'll play a song off of that. This is by Frontline Attack. It's called Mindless Violence. I'm Jack. Check out my website, punkrockdemo.com, and check out Frontline Attacks on Facebook, I guess. And look for Frontline Attack. Yeah, 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 on Facebook, yeah. Look us up on Facebook. We've got a website coming and all that, and uh, like a pay site for merch and stuff, but, but for right now, yeah, that would be the best place to uh, contact the band or, or check out what we got going on, upcoming shows, stuff like that. Cool, so here's Mindless Violence by Frontline Attack. You've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. This is Sean from Frontline Attack from Dallas, Texas. You're listening to a punk rock demonstration in Los Angeles, California.
some do or die by frontline attack and hopefully enjoyed the frontline attack interview we did before that song you're still listening to the punk rock demonstration i'm jack my website's still punkrockdemo.com again that's punkrockdemo.com you can go on there and find previous interviews of other bands like the casualties the exploited hundreds and hundreds of them some dropkick murphys the virus on there assault and battery slow children plenty of them so just go to the website punkrockdemo.com click on interviews and you'll find plenty of them and right now we're going to take a listen to assault and battery since we talked about them and we'll come back with some more music after that this song's called shades of truth by assault and battery it's interesting that we talked about them being on tour well frontline attack being on tour with assault and battery and that they couldn't tell you what band that was going to be headlining because it wasn't confirmed and that show has already passed so it seems time goes by super fast that band that uh, he couldn't talk to you about was the defects so kind of gives you a time frame anyways here's assault and battery this song is called shades of truth
This is The Virus, and you are listening to punkrockdemo.com. What you wanna do? 
Mighty New Dawn with The Hammer and then Resist with Peace in the Kingdom. Before that, The Virus with So Long was before Resist. Just saw The Virus last night at the observatory and they were awesome, like usual. And maybe we'll do an interview when their new album comes out next year. Hopefully, it comes out next year. We'll find out. You'll be the first to know. Dead Weight was before The Virus. That song's called Anti Everything and Slow Children with Candle before that. And by the way, my show is every Monday from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Pacific Time, and every Tuesday from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And lately, I've been running into ungrateful people, so I've been very irritated, and so I figured I'd put this song on the playlist. This song is called Destroy Society by Violent Affair.
Tired of that same old stuff they call punk rock? Well, take a listen to these upcoming songs. Never before heard anywhere. It's the punk rock demonstration new music block. Remember, you heard it here first on the punk rock demonstration. Streets looking out, murder is 
so I started playing some new music there. That was the Posed with Skater Die, and then the Ocean Front with Spontaneity. I can't seem to pronounce it the way they pronounce it. And then Ashley Reeks before that. That was This Is Planet Grot, Boot Boys with Fight For Your Rights before Ashley Reeks. And we heard the Push Rods with It Must Be Love before that. And since this is an interview show, we don't have enough time to play like 40-some songs on the show, so we're going to end it off soon. We're going to continue with Sewage now. The song is not the final mix, but it still sounds really good. This song is called Credit.
That was Angel's Heart with Only Heart, and then the Bad Company Project with Danger Zone Part 2. Before Bad Company Project, we heard Shattered Faith, that song's called Rise and Fall, D-Mob with a new one called Anti-Police, unfortunately I don't think D-Mob is playing anymore, and Shortcoming with the N was before D-Mob. Since it's Labor Day today, I figure we'll play some Labor Force now, this song's called The Morning's War. Yeah. 
upon us for just trying to make it last We've all come across the bear, have to find a way Gotta keep the fight and try to make it to another day You're the one spreading gossip, backstabbing, telling lies No one's perfect but you You're up high in the sky Don't take me for a clown Don't take me for a fool Your time will come Judgment day will take care of you No matter what I do
There was some All or Nothing HC with No Need for Fear, and then Butcher Baby before that with Force Fed. Knocked Out Cold with Fuck You was before Butcher Baby, and then we heard some Light Fire Down. That song's called Peace of You. Shiloh Vat with Right About Time M. I'm not quite sure if I typed that wrong or not, but we'll have to find out what that M is all about. And The Agitators before Shiloh Vat. That song's called Judgment Day. Now we're going to take a listen to some ska here in the punk rock demonstration. This song's called Trip and Fall by the Planet Smashers.
And that was some totalitaire with VRLitin. I can't pronounce it and I can't even read it. It's not even English. But it's a good song. Before totalitaire, we heard Standout Riot. That song's called Live or Nothing. And Dead by Dawn with American Mary. And we've reached the end of the show, the punk rock demonstration radio show. Check out the show next Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific time at punkrockdemo.com. And every Tuesday, we're here at 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific time. And at all of the other times, you can check out the other shows on the station. We've got the Friday night punk rock and oi show. And then we've got some TNS, Moxie Rebellion, and... I don't remember what other shows there were. Unfortunately, that Fang Face Radio no longer exists. Because unfortunately, Christopher Drellinger is no longer with us, so that sucks. So, we're going to take a listen to this last song now. This last song is called Freedom of Suppress by Last Resistance. And hope you had a wonderful Labor Day, or what's left of it. And I'll talk to all next week. Thanks for listening. Check out my show next week on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And every Tuesday from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Like you in the process. Yeah. Can't see through their lights if you open your eyes and say.